Welcome to the Booted Podcast with your hosts, Matt Crum and Jake Lucas. All right, Jake, last recording of this crazy, tumultuous in 2020. Yeah, what a year. We turned 30, coronavirus happened, you see to Arlington. One of us gets engaged. Yeah. The luckily. other moves in with his girlfriend. Yeah, luckily it wasn't me getting engaged. L- no, luckily... Better, better hope Allison's not listening. No, she's probably <laughs> listening in like three weeks. Mm-hmm. Well, it's been quite a year, especially for American soccer players, and that's great because we have a lot to talk about. Um, but before we get into that, it's, it's uh, the holiday period, Jake. Yeah. You getting into the getting into the spirit? Yes, I am. Um, so for work, we're doing a holiday trivia. Uh, happy hour on Friday, so uh, I'll put that together, and we're going on Kahoot. I'm not sure if you've done that before, but it's... Uh, Kahoot? Yeah, Kahoot. What's a Kahoot? Kahoot, it's a website you can go and do quizzes um, based on like our organization and also like uh, holiday trivia, so we're going to be giving that out to the staff, and whoever wins, they get different prizes, so it should wow. be fun. Um, I'm the guy behind the scenes putting stuff together and not being the face of it and run it. Um, so it should be a fun time. So this is open to all fans. No. No, it's all an internal. Staff. It's an all-staff yeah, all-staff. I get it. I get it. Yeah. Well, that's fun. Yeah, we don't have a holiday party, obviously, this year. Nobody does, which is really sad because my company really goes all out for it. <laughs> yeah, a lot of alcohol. Oh, man, too much alcohol. Like, people at my company like probably shouldn't be drinking that much when they're superior but it's their career that they're messing with yeah. so when in rome when in rome. rome yeah what are your plans well i'll be seeing half of my siblings uh this christmas period so i'll be flying to indianapolis where my sister and her husband are and my new niece who i have not met yet which I'm really excited about. And so we'd be hanging with them. And then my sister will drive down from Madison, Wisconsin. And then my other brother might come down from Fort Wayne, Indiana. It's so it's, it's going to be a, a Midwest hoedown. Nice. That's pretty great. But my parents are staying in Florida, probably smart. And my brother's going to fly in from Phoenix to see them. I, my family is literally in like five different States. It's crazy. Nice. That's going to be fun. First time seeing your niece. Are you going to, is this yes. your first time holding a niece? First time seeing, holding all of that. Have you oh, hold, yeah. like? Do you have another niece that you held, or no? This is you? my first niece. Wow! I don't know how to hold a baby. Exactly, it's like the scariest thing in the world. Yeah, like like you have to support its head. Yeah, you gotta. But also, like when you're doing this, make sure you're like sitting down, because like when I held my niece, it was like the first time holding a baby, 
I didn't realize how tall I was until I was holding the baby. And I'm like 6'4", and holding the baby that high is very terrifying for the first time, especially when it's a family member. Like, if it's a yes. friend, it, like, you can drop, you can potentially, like, let it fall. And it's, like, <laughs> funny funny story later on, but if it's, like, a family member, your sister or brother is going to hate you for the rest of uh, their life. Yeah, maybe I'll, like, practice, like, a watermelon or something. I would say a bag of sand. Bag of sand? Yeah, something that could, like, move a little bit when you're holding it. Like, the watermelon right. really can't move, but, like, the baby, like, doesn't move that much, but it still slightly moves. Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. I'll just have to find a bag of sand. <laughs> <laughs> or you can just use Kirby. Yes, my, my girlfriend's, I'm sorry, my fiance's mm. puppy is about, well, it's a little bit over baby size, but it was over baby size. You can call her your ex-girlfriend now. Oh, yes, because she's my fiance. I don't think she'd appreciate that. No, but, she uh, would not. Sorry yeah. to Katrina. Well, speaking of Roman, uh, I hear there was some some uh, big news on the Bachelorette front. Ooh, not too... Well, a little bit of big news. They did Hometown. And if you watch Bachelor, The Bachelorette, it's a big uh, episode for them where they start narrowing it down more and more. And now they're down to the final three. Um so, Are they? yeah, one I was watching with my girlfriend um, was a lot of people were sweating. So, sweating. yeah, they're hosting it at a California spa and resort. Um, so during COVID, they ran out the whole entire thing. Uh-huh. Um, but like the whole entire day, you're just like looking at them at the beginning. It's like the middle of the afternoon. They're like running around, like doing stuff. And it's like, damn, these people are sweaty. Yeah. Like you're just staring. You're just seeing them. It's like. Freaking watching like Jermaine Jones or Michael Bradley playing in Honduras at noon for a World Cup qualifier. Like, that's how much they're sweating. It's ridiculous. And they're just like drenched with sweat this whole entire time, and you can tell they're struggling. And like, they look like they need water and like cold towels. So, I just sent a tweet out, and apparently, I think it went viral with 11 likes. Yeah, so Bachelorette Nation, I'm part of it now. Really? You tweeted out, and so you yourself, not the Booted Podcast no. handle. Well, t- why didn't you make it the Booted Podcast? <laughs> Next time, that's what we'll do. Ugh. Next time, watching The Bachelorette. Next time, okay. Mm-hmm. Maybe get like a meme of like Bradley dr- sweat dripping down his his bald fore- forehead and next to uh, next to the Bachelorette contestants. Yeah. I'm glad that you're spreading your Twitter fame, Jake. Yeah, thank you. Well, we have a big, big agenda, as we always do. There's just it, the American soccer news just does not stop this year. No, can we quit being good or having um, good players? I'd rather we continue being good. But yes, we are going to talk about players returning to their club play uh, in Champions League, in domestic leagues. We're going to talk. We're going to quickly recap the uh, U.S. Men's National Team versus El Salvador blowout. <laughs> And what we can learn, if anything, from that. Uh, we're going to talk about the U.S. women killing it over in the English Women's Super League. We're going to talk about MLS Cup Final Review. Um, and a few Americans that we had our eye on in that game. Congratulations to the Columbus Crew. O-H. On their victory. Yes, yes. O-H. I-O. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I don't know what that spells. Some some weird territory in the it, United it States. It spells Ohio. Oh oh yeah, mm, yeah great great great. 
Um, and then we're gonna look. We're gonna kind of look back on 2020 and forward to 2021 to see what we might have in store in this U.S. soccer universe. Yes. So lots to go over. Lots to go over. A lot of fun things. But uh, first off, what are we drinking today, Jake? Yeah. So this does not match the weather that's happening right now. No. Um, currently outside, it's like 38 degrees slash raining slash snowing slash freezing. And I grabbed a beer called Suns Out Hops Out. Yes. Yes. Very appropriate for yes. this wintry mix of a day. Yeah. We're, we're looking forward to the time we can go back to summer and drink outside on a roof deck or just out at a pool or even go to a beach. Yes. But, uh, sun's out, hops out great brewery, solace brewing. I believe mm-hmm. we've had another solace brewing beer featured on the podcast, Yes, but this is, I mean, they're great. I'm probably going to have a solace beer at my wedding next year. Wow. I think so. Which one? Probably, maybe partly cloudy, and then maybe something like this. Yes, partly cloudy would be dangerous. Yeah. I know. <laughs> but we won't have liquor, so, you know, you can have an IPA if you want. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. So no shots, then? No shots. Well, you can bring in whatever you want. Really? Uh, let's hope our parents don't listen to this point. <laughs> no, you cannot bring in whatever you want, but you, oh, can, man. you can be creative. Uh, anyways, moving right along. Yeah. So enjoying the sun's out hops out on this wintry day. Let's, uh, let's start stateside here, Jake, and talk about the MLS cup final. Yeah. MLS cup. Let's go. So, Um, so we, we got to say goodbye to the first soccer specific stadium. That's um, right. Columbus cruise stadium. Um, currently Napri Stadium. Um, fun fact, that was my first um, competitive game that I went to go see. Nice. Well, I, it was kind of, it was a friendly, but it was the MLS All-Stars versus Fulham. Whoa. Yeah. So Landon Donovan, Taylor Twelman scored a bunch of goals. Um, my dad took me there. And then that fall, I went to U.S.-Mexico uh, for one of the – Nice. I think it was the second Dos Cero game. Nice. Um, but, yeah, like – Really good memories in that stadium. And, like, that first game, that USA-Mexico games, like, what got me hooked on soccer and the U.S. national team. Yeah. Yeah. Iconic stadium, certainly. And the crew will be building a new downtown stadium, which I actually went and looked at renderings of. It looks pretty sweet. Yeah. It's really nice. I, I feel like it's more of a like – it's like very. it looks very similar to the uh, Austin FC stadium. That Austin in. FC, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so the backstory here was the Columbus crew were down two important players. Darlington Nagby, who we've talked about on this podcast as being a very, very important midfielder for whatever team he's on. And then their winger, Pedro Santos, uh, who has been a stalwart for them as well. So they were down those two players, and they still got a 3-0 victory over heavily favored Seattle Sounders. Um, Zella Ryan, their new signing from this year, stole the show with two assists. I mean, sorry, two goals and one assist. Zardes did not get on the score sheet, but he was his typical influential self. Um, hey, we had a great performance from a young American, Aiden Morris. Uh, in this game from the crew, he was a solid defensive contributor, broke up play, had the hockey assist on one of the goals. Um, 
and and Jordan Morris and company did all they could, but they were repelled time and again by by the Cruz defense and uh, the Columbus ends their stadium their their original stadium with a victory. Yeah, and it's uh, I think that's like a really good model too uh, with Major League Soccer. You have a young DP in Zeleron and like somebody who's a homegrown that's super young that can fill a role. Um, just like on the fly, like Aiden Morris. Um, really cool to see him step in that role of Nagby. And really not miss a beat. Like, if you were watching the game, you would never thought of him, like, just being a 19-year-old starting in the MLS Cup final. And he was the actually – he's actually the youngest player to start an MLS Cup. Wow. Yeah. Uh, third youngest player to play in it. Can you name the other two? Third youngest player to play in it? Yeah. I'm going to go Landon Donovan. Incorrect. 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 Uh, you gotta give me a hint. Are these like U.S. Men's National Team stalwarts, or are these the like... American Pele is one of them? Freddie Adu. Yes, Freddie Adu. He started an MLS no, Cup. He, he played in MLS Cup. He played in MLS one Cup. One of the the three youngest players, or there were two players younger than him that had played in MLS Cup. Younger than Aiden. Freddie Morris, Adu yeah. is one of them. I had no idea he got it to an MLS Cup. Yeah, 2004. That was his first year. Wow. Okay. And. Give me a clue on the second one. Um, been to multiple World Cups. Um, Demarcus Beasley. Yes, Demarcus Beasley. Wow, that's pretty wow. good. You gave me you gave me a decent hint, but yeah. okay. Wow, so Aiden Morris joins some uh, stellar. Um, he joins a stellar crew. Crew. Uh, <laughs> Get it? Because they're called the crew. Yeah, 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 I got it. Yeah, I'm just making sure the listeners get that too. Great, 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 yeah. great. <laughs> awesome. But yeah, it was really cool to see him jump in and control the game, make a few tackles. And then um, when we talk about coaches, you look at Bob Bradley, but Caleb Porter is slowly becoming like that really great MLS coach, just American coach too. Second title with MLS, um, winning the MLS Cup with a second different team, one of the only few coaches to do that. Um, but yes. it's really cool to see him succeed at the college level with Akron, mm-hmm. being able to recruit, win national championships, and then uh, move pro too. Yeah, he's he's quite a story because you know he's not he's certainly not anywhere near a big big coaching name in MLS, but he's just always been a solid coach and he mm-hmm. worked his way up, and so that's kudos to him and, and kudos to the Columbus Crew, and hopefully we'll have a semi COVID free. Or totally COVID-free season next year, and we can uh, see some more action. Yeah, and he's only forty-five years old. Yeah, that's that's pretty astounding as well. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. You think the team that won, like owns the Columbus Crew, they go and win a championship and build a team correctly. The same owners own the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> hey, they've, they've turned it around recently. But yeah. yes, you're right. A winning franchise and a not so winning franchise. Yeah. Same ownership group. Wow. You know what's crazy is the Columbus Crew wasn't even supposed to be a team at the beginning of this year. Yeah, they were supposed to be in Austin originally. Yeah, it was supposed. To, there was a whole Save the Crew campaign, and so this this might not have even been possible to happen mm-hmm. at the beginning of the year. Crazy, yeah. crazy way to. I mean, that that just says everything you need to know about twenty twenty, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, but congratulations, and we look forward to a new season where there'll be some new there'll be a new team in Austin, as you mm-hmm. mentioned. Um, and so we look forward to what MLS has to yeah. offer. And hopefully we can make a road trip up to Columbus for a game. 
For the new stadium. Yeah, because if it's yes. not DC United or the Chicago Fire, most likely the men's national team is going to play there for a World Cup qualifier. Yes, for sure. For sure. Mm. Um, well, awesome. And the MLS, kudos to the MLS, too, for getting through a season and yes. actually having a final in this crazy time. Um, but it's a good thing they get to take a break um, and wait out the, the winter months here. Yes. But uh, let's cross the old pond and head back to Europe, where Europe. Europe, where club competition and Champions League has been in full swing. I mean, it's it's crazy how many games per week these these teams are playing. Um, but uh, that means plenty of minutes for Americans. And I think one of the headlines for me is. Did you see that goal that McKenney scored against Barcelona? Yes. Who Unbelievable. Yeah, you know, like when you're an eight year old and you get the, like those uh, Michael Jordan posters hanging up on your wall. Yes. That's what like every American soccer player should have on their wall now. Weston McKenney just doing that volley. Yeah, it was an insane over the head or no, not over the head, a jumping side yeah. volley. I'll call it like almost a ninja kick style. Um. And he does it against Barcelona, no less. It was the goal of that match day for sure. Probably one of the goals of the uh, entire first round here. So he is high flying. Juventus is, as a result of that, has made it into the next round, into the round of 16. Um, But he has continued, McKinney, that is, has continued to play as sort of a a wide attacking midfielder mm-hmm. um, for for Juventus, and he's starting and playing most of every game, yeah. um, which is interesting because we thought he'd be competing for minutes with guys like Rabiot and Betancourt in the middle, but they've actually still played those two in the middle and have him as a more advanced position. Yeah, and it's interesting too because like when you look about like look at. Uh, players overseas and like those American like our American players like you you almost like like a Weston McKennie he's somebody you need on the pitch it doesn't matter where he is and we touched about that in like the last podcast yeah uh, but he's somebody like you need to throw on the field and it seems like he's almost like penned in um, but I was trying to look at the Bundesliga logo and I was going to say his finish was like just as perfect as the <laughs> Bundesliga photo but looking at the Bundesliga, like that technique does not look good. Weston McKennie's technique looks hella good. You're right. Bundesliga really needs to update that logo. Yeah. Perhaps they could, you know, just take a snapshot of Weston McKennie's goal and change it. Yeah. <laughs> Even though he doesn't amazing. play in the Bundesliga anymore. Yeah, but still, like that is world class. Yeah. Yeah, and of course, uh, Barcelona took the brunt of that goal, and where Sergio Dest and Conrad De La Fuente continue to. Uh, get minutes more so Dest than De La Fuente. Uh, De La Fuente has been coming in uh, on the end of games for a little late late game spark, but Dest has been starting and playing ninety minutes in every game, and he actually scored his first uh, uh, Champions League goal as well a, a couple weeks ago against Dynamo Kiev. Um, it was a, it was a slashing run forward where he beat a few guys and finished it far corner. Very quick, very agile from him. And, you know, uh, Barcelona's having an up-and-down year. 
um, lower in the La Liga standings than they're used to, uh, doing very well in Champions League, but uh, Dest is a part of it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of it's nice to see him get that role too. And even like when Barca's having a bad game, he's playing pretty well. And um, just like when he goes and goes at people to take him one on one, it's been uh, pretty cool to see. Yeah, I mean, he's just his his slashing runs forward, mm-hmm. just like he exhibited when he was uh, out there for the U.S. and they passed friendlies. It's just intense, and and, and you know, the style of Barcelona, the the defend the the defending plays Barcelona defends through their attack a, but also kind of by swarming. That's why you, you you don't think of any individual Barcelona player as a great defender. It's because of the way that they play that they don't actually need to be isolated defending one on one with somebody ever, and so that's that helps Dest and that helps basically anybody defending for Barcelona. So you know it, it wasn't enough against Juventus, obviously, but um, it definitely in in other um, La Liga games it, it, it's helping him as well. So. We're hoping Conrad gets in, gets more and more minutes. You know, it's it's the fact that he's breaking in with Barcelona, as we talked about, amazing. So mm-hmm. hopefully this 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 year will be a stepping stone for for next year. But uh, moving over to England, jolly good England, jolly jolly well. Um, another American made his Champions League debut, Zach Steffen in a 3-0 win against Marseille for uh, Stefan for Manchester City. Didn't have to do much. I think it was a pretty comfortable win for Manchester City, but there you have it again. When Man City is rotating their team, Stefan's the next guy up. Mm -hmm. So um, hopefully he gets more minutes um, over these, like, holiday fixtures. I think he'll get – Right. Like, they have, what, the League Cup at least, and then Mm -hmm. – just back to back games. Yeah, definitely. It's it's a it's a sprint to the end of the year for the Premier League team. Yeah. Um but congratulations to him for his Champions League debut. Uh, another player that impressed in Premier League play is Anthony Robinson for Fulham. As we've talked about, he's he's kind of solidified the left back, left wing back spot for Fulham. And they were they played a one one draw to Liverpool where Anthony Robinson was basically up against Salah the whole time and he, he held his own. Um, so that, that kind of that kind of backs up our theory about Anthony Robinson as, as more of a lockdown defensive option for the US. Um, you know, he's still got his, his developing to do going forward, but when you when you can handle Mohamed Salah, <laughs> you can basically handle anyone in the, anybody in the world. Yeah, so that's true. He uh, I believe he won man of the match for uh Fulham that game. Did he really? Yes. There you go. Yeah, but he's been playing really well, and hopefully he can continue to grow up full of them. If not, get better, get to a better team too. Yeah, yeah. Be nice to see him not get relegated. I'm sure. I'm sure he'd stay up if he. I'm sure he would not stay with Fulham if they got relegated. relegated. Yeah, Although, not. well, maybe we'll he'll see. get back to AC Milan and play in Italy. Yes. The yes. new, uh, the new retirement league. The new retirement league. Yeah, but um, somebody get coming back from uh, injuries like Christian Pulisic. Um, played against, played in Chelsea and Wolves. What was it yesterday? Yesterday, yeah. Um, it was pretty cool. Like he's, even like when he's coming back from an injury, you can just tell like how well he does. 
but it's still amazing that an American can go and try to take on three players um, in the Premier League and beat them all yeah. and create a chance off that. Just yeah. If Timo Warner actually learned how to fin- finish in England, uh, then he would have had two assists. Um, but I had to do a fun fact to look up uh, Semedo, um, the left back for Wolves. He played against um, Alfonso Davies, and Alfonso Davies stole his soul. Yes, that same Nelson Semedo. Yes, that played against Christian this week. And basically, Christian gave him his soul back and stole it. Anytime he was going after him, I think he beat him <laughs> like four or five times uh, just watching the match. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, poor Semedo. He just he's just going after. He's just trying to defend Concacaf person after Concacaf player and just not not holding up. You know. Yeah. I mean, What's a Portuguese national to do with Concacaf players? Who knows? I mean, look at <laughs> I mean, Portugal doesn't play that well against Concacaf. At least in the well, World Cup, we beat them in two thousand two, and that's then right, we drew them and should have beat them. That's um, right. Another interesting point about Pulisic is Paul Scholes commenting on the game um, compared Pulisic to Eden Hazard, saying he's 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 the closest thing that Chelsea have to him. So that's mm-hmm. pretty high praise from Mr. Scholes there. But yeah, so Pulisic again just just coming back, just played in these past couple games. Uh, won't have any Champions League action till till twenty twenty one, but. I'm sure he'll be featuring prominently for the re- remaining fixtures of this year and into next year in the Premier League. Yeah. Um, yeah, but do you hear? Do you hear a noise? Do I hear a noise? Do you, do you hear a noise? Yeah, I I do hear a noise. Like what is, what is that? What is what? that noise? Is, is that the is that a hype train leaving the station? I I think it. Oh! Oh my gosh! It I think is. it's a hype train, oh Jake. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and who is this hype train for? Owen at Sowie. Owen O to Sowie. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yep. It's leaving the station now. Yeah, In the same. Yeah. All aboard. All aboard. The hype train. Yes. Yeah, in the same game that Pulisic is taught we're talking about, Wolves versus Chelsea, where Wolves actually came out with a victory 2-1, to one, none other than Owen Otisawe got his Premier League debut and assists for Wolverhampton. Yes. Uh, p- played in the midfield, played very well, got a lot of good comments after the game, but... Man, Berhalter sure knew something that we didn't when and when he called him up. Um, so all aboard, all yeah. aboard that hype train. Yeah, it's uh, it's always fun. We always talk about the future and want to like keep hyping it up. And um, like even at the beginning of the podcast, like if the players are so good, we really don't need to talk about the future. Like we talk about the present and like the way he was playing, um, positioning himself off the ball, winning the ball, and when he won the ball, he was doing stuff. Um, I think like one of his like first five minutes on, he drew a yellow card against Mason Mount, mm-hmm. and he just played so well. And just like hearing how much high praise Mason Mount has had over the last year, he was basically in the back pocket of Odosawi. Yeah. Um, but like not even just going forward, like anytime they won the ball, like you've played with players that like you want to shy away from and be like, oh shit, they just came on, you're not going to play in the ball, or 
they're not that good. Let's uh -huh. not give them the ball. Um, it seems like everybody's like, okay, like let's give these Americans that are getting on the field the ball. Like they can create yeah. stuff and uh, aren't afraid to play through us and go. Yeah. So Ono Tasawi is huge, by the way, also. Yeah. <laughs> he is a imposing force. And the fact that he plays midfield and is able to get around that he does – I mean, that just shows you how, how athletic this yeah, guy his is. His legs are so long. So long. Yeah, so long. It says he's 6'2", but I don't believe that. He has to be like 6'4". Yeah, he um, is a big man. Yeah, but like his legs have to make up at least two-thirds of his body. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Well, congratulations to him on both the debut and the assist. We look forward to tracking his progress over yeah. the next couple of weeks. See yeah. if he gets back on the field. And we have uh, you have Conductor Matt and Conductor Jake. At the helm, so we're going to be driving this hype train. As oh as yes, we're going to be shoveling that coal yeah. into the hype train engine. There you go. Well, uh, shifting over to Germany, where the hype train has well left the st the station and is uh, is a hype cruise ship now. Uh, Tyler Adams, uh, Gio Reyna, um, continue to be Reyna more than Adams, but. Uh, Continues to be a rotation piece. Adams does kind of, kind of the late game sub or or, or maybe even mid game sub for for Leipzig. Gets some starts, but um, just inserted into that midfield to provide energy. RB Leipzig's had some good results of late. They they're through in the Champions League. They are they just had a, a thrilling three three draw with Bayern Munich in the Bundesliga. But yeah, I mean. Not too much else to say about Adams that we've already talked about. Just a solid piece. Yeah, a good piece for the third best team in uh, Germany right now. That's right. That's so. right. But uh, speaking of amazing goals in the Champions League, Gio Reyna had a bomb of a goal as well. Um, he's had a couple goals of late, actually, for Dortmund. So he's been – he's actually – Probably had more goals in the past couple of games than anybody else on the team. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, they're they kind of had a free fall and lost five to one to Stuttgart in uh, the in the in the Bundesliga recently, which resulted in their coach getting fired, mm -hmm. Lucien Favre. Um, got got a bounce back win today, and they are through in the Champions League as well. But Gio Reyna just is basically their most dangerous piece right now. Um, not not much else to say. Go go, Geo, right? Yeah, he's created more. I mean, Royce has been out a little bit, but he's created more chances than Royce and uh, Sancho. So that's yeah. been uh, amazing to see. Yeah, especially all the hype around Sancho as well. He's he's being more productive than him right now. So that's that's amazing. Um, so we I don't know I don't know if we talked about this, but Chris Richard also also got his first start in the Champions League. Actually, back in November against RB Salzburg, Jesse Marsh's team, um, and he's had a few sub appearances since. He he didn't play all that well in that game that he he got that start, but um, but but it's just congratulations again for another young American getting in 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 a Champions League play. Um, so go, Chris! Continue to to get in that team. Mm -hmm. And then rounding out, Josh Sargent not scoring right now. Still going full 90s for Werder Bremen, but uh, goals goals have always been hard to come by at Bremen. And, uh, you know, so I think he's just got to be patient. Uh, he's, again, starting for a Bundesliga team week in and week out. So, mm -hmm. And Brooks 
did not feature today against Bayern Munich in his Bundesliga match. He it looks like he might have he might have picked up a knock. He was not on the team sheet, but but steady steady performances in his other in his other Bundesliga games in the past over the past month. So yeah. nothing to report there, but steady on. Yeah, but it's really good. Um, just seeing like the them still get minutes and be really productive. Um, if you look at Sargent, the one thing I want to see from him is more goals. Yes. Um, but even with him, there's uh, rumors of him getting linked to England already. Wow. Um, so maybe we'll see like a, a transition there too. Is there anybody else you want to talk to talk about from uh, Germany? Is there anybody you want to say that's making a comeback in a Return of the Mac. <laughs> da, 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 da. Who are you referring to, Jake? We're going to talk about the last man on the roster and scoring a goal against the person that scored a goal against Belgium in uh, the knockout stages of the 2014 World Cup, Julian Green. That's right. Young used to be young Julian Green, now a fully veteran Julian Green at the ripe young age of, I think he's 24 or 25. He's that young still? I think he yeah. still is. Yeah, 25. Yeah. Because he was only 18 or 19 in that World Cup. Oh my right? gosh. Yeah. So And that was six years ago. So there you go. He was he was 19. But yeah, he, so Julian Green has been lighting it up in the two Bundesliga for top of the table, Gerrither Firth. I hope I said that right. Um, which is which is really cool, and we we briefly mentioned him in last the last um, podcast as being somebody who might force his way onto the radar for Berhalter. But it'd be really cool if he was instrumental in getting them back to the Bundesliga, and we have yet another Bundesliga player in Julian Green. Mm-hmm. But uh, yes, return of the mag. I wanted I wanted to pull up his uh, his his World Cup goal. <laughs> Also, yeah, maybe we'll volley. do that. Maybe maybe we'll uh, we'll do that at the end here. Yeah, but... that half volley was great. Um, yeah, but like it's been cool. Like his goals are just bangers and screamers. So nothing nothing else besides that. Yes. He only scores amazing goals. No tap ins. He had a goal that was similar to Tony Cruz's goal in the World Cup, where it was from that really tight angle, but he bended it into the far corner from the side. Very similar goal to that. So. Yeah. Keep it going, Mr. Green. Let's let's uh, see a, get see Burhalter gives give you some attention. Yeah, the one um, one just sad and update that we have is uh, Ledesma. Um, unfortunately, mm-hmm. had a pretty bad tackle, and I believe he tore his at ACL and is out until the summer. Yeah, huge bummer for Richie Ledesma, who had just made his Europa League debut. For PSV Eindhoven and had gotten his first start for PSV in the Eredivisie, so he is out, which is terrible because he was certainly a huge, huge player in consideration for the Olympics, um, and maybe even more for the U.S. Men's National Team. So pour one out for that ACL, yeah. but we hope hope we make a speedy recovery. Yeah. Uh, a couple other notes around Europe. Yunus Musa actually came off the bench and scored today for Valencia in their Copa del Rey match. Um, and he is continuing to start for Valencia in the in the La Liga play. So, guy's just killing it. When 
Ah, uh, when can we know? When can we know whether he will choose the U.S.? I want to know. Hopefully it's March. Because what? He can um, just join for not the World Cup qualifying. No, Na- National Nations League. Yeah, that so is competitive June. play. That would have to be in June then. Yeah. So yeah. he'd have to make his decision between now and June. It's a long time. Yeah. It's a long time. Call him up. Call him Alvarez. And then just play him. Yeah. I don't care what the score is. Just play him. I wonder if England would do the same. Uh, between now, because I believe they'd have a competitive match between now and then, or maybe they don't actually. Maybe they don't have any more competitive matches till the Euros. Yeah, because do they have Nations League still or no? I'm not what positive. About, what's their World Cup qualifying start? That's a good point. Your World Cup qualifying probably does start in the spring for them. Yeah, because there's that stupid thing about Qatar playing in uh, as a guest nation. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see if. Uh, we can keep Yunus Musa away from away from the Brits. Yes. Um, and then lastly, Miazga Giochini are both playing for their respective clubs. Anderlecht for Miazga Giochini for Ken in the French second division. Mm-hmm. Tim Way is still struggling to find time with with uh, Lille, but um, uh, but when he does find time, he does stuff. Like, yeah. Um, he got I, an assist. At, actually, no, he, he got a goal. Today. Yeah. He scored off of a turnover and had a really great volley for a finish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's making the most of his time. I think that'll, you know, help him out in the second half of the year. Free Tim Weah. Free Tim Weah. All right, that's, man, our Berhalter's crew that he he assembled for those friendlies are looking real good right now, let me tell you. All right, well, let's shift over to the women. Who are also comp- a few of them are also competing in Europe. Um, Samantha Mewis and Alex Morgan got on the score sheet this past week. Uh, Samantha Mewis for Man City and their two-one win over Arsenal ladies. Poor Arsenal ladies. And then Alex Morgan also scored a goal in Tottenham's three-one win over Aston Villa. Um, and Tobin Heath played ninety minutes in Man, Man U's win over Reading. Uh, Rose Lavelle and Kristen Press did not play for their respective teams, but um, probably due to either squad rotation or, or injuries for them. Hopefully we see that them back in the play. But go, ladies. Just continuing yeah. to kill it. And, and I, I saw – I read an article particularly about Sam Mewis and just how physically imposing she is mm-hmm. on any field that she plays on. And so she just, she just dominated the, the game – from start to finish. And so, man, look at those American exports. Yeah, killing it. She's pretty intense. Yeah, very intense. And uh, Man City had a match today, too, for uh, the Women's League Cup. <clears throat> yeah, uh, sorry. The Women's Champions League today. And um, it was the second leg, and he's played, I think it was like 60 minutes. Okay. Yeah. Did they win? Uh, yes, they won. They won the second leg 3 0. Nice, nice. All right, go Mewis. So let's um, let's look back at the uh, friendlies. Yes, the U.S. men's national team match against El Salvador that happened. Uh, well, it was kind of a game <laughs> for the first twenty minutes, maybe, mm-hmm. and then it became a blowout. Uh, I'm I'm calling it the winger show because of Chris Mueller's and. Paul Ariola's game of the match or player of the match performances, um, but 
Yeah, it was it was a total total domination by U.S. against what looked like a pretty unorganized El Salvador team. Um, what were your initial thoughts on this game? Um, yeah, like you, I really enjoyed the winger play. Um, I'm happy that Chris Mueller, his form carried over from Major League Soccer to uh, the national team level, even though it was against El Salvador. Um, but that was really great to see, like Paul Ariola coming back in first full game after a torn ACL was really awesome to see, and his quickness, agility doesn't look like anything like that got affected. Um, but the one thing that did stick out to me, and I think. Like, not saying this game was a waste, but everything else, I think, was a waste besides the structure of the team. Um, but you could tell, like, the same ideas they had for Wales and then against Panama, they used that against El Salvador. Yeah. And I think that was really great to see, like, Berhalter, like, him building a chemistry uh, with these players and be like, okay, here's what we're known for and here's our culture and what we're going to be doing. I think that's going to go miles uh, further than what we're thinking right now yeah you can you can clearly tell that you know these two different camps are being taught the same thing high press get the ball moving mm-hmm. um you know progress you saw you saw sam vines on the left as a left back uh and julian arajo on the right moving forward getting involved in the attack you saw just like dest was um for the other friendly so you see you see that similar similar style of play and so it's so hopefully when all these players get together that they'll be all on be this be all be on the same page with that but um one of the things that we were wondering beforehand was who would be the pairing between aaron long uh walker zimmerman and mark mckenzie and where we thought zimmerman mckenzie might be the pairing um what Berhalter actually did was start Aaron Long and Mark McKenzie and gave Aaron Long the captaincy, mm-hmm. which was a very interesting move and kind of solidifies the fact that Aaron's long strong 2019 for the U.S. is still carries over to now and Berhalter seems to 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 favor him maybe even over a Walker Zimmerman. Mm-hmm. Not not totally sure. Maybe maybe Zimmerman. Maybe there are other reasons not to start in Zimmerman, but but I mean it, it it kind of solidifies that those are three solid options for us. So just interesting lineup note there. But yeah, I thought that was interesting too. But the way I look at it, Zimmerman just came off of the playoffs too. Right. Um, and Aaron Long didn't have a game since what, like early October, mid October. Potentially, yes, yes. Yeah, because because Red Bulls did not make the playoffs, so little longer layoff for Aaron Long. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, nobody's stock went down, certainly, in this game. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, I think it'll be really interesting to see how Burhalter integrates the European players and these guys and guys that we weren't able to see, such as Jordan Morris, Giassi Zardes, who were still in the mix for the MLS Cup playoffs. But, um, yeah, they, they got the job done, and now we're going to – have a January camp where we'll see probably all the MLS talent come in. But yeah, so wrapping up the year, um, we got done with the friendlies. One of the highlights we didn't even talk about is that the U.S. men's national team and the women's national team went undefeated this year. Yes. Yes. Yes, that's right. The men's um, competition wasn't stellar, but hey, 
Wins are wins, right, yeah. Jake? You play who you get scheduled. That's right. You yeah, can you only can play what's in front of you, right? Control what you can control. Yeah. Who cares? Um, but yeah, like some of the like really cool takeaways or good takeaways I had from this year from the national team, uh, for the men's national team, the growth of the player, young kids in Europe and MLS, like the ones that were really young in Major League Soccer, they started taking more of a leadership role. And then the ones overseas, they're just normal players now. Like you don't even mm-hmm. have to be like, okay, they're an American. It's Weston McKinney is one of the top players for Juventus right now. Yeah. Um, he's probably the best player on that team, not named Cristiano Ronaldo. And I think that's a huge highlight for 2021 uh, or for 2020. Uh, for the women's national team, um, it's looking at like the Challenge Cup. They brought back with the NWSL um, in their little bubble in Utah. Doing that very successful. That was a fun tournament to watch. And then seeing the uh, women's national team players go over to England and uh, just continue to play pretty well. And then with CONCACAF, I would have to say them rolling out the octopus format. The octopus, yes. Um, yeah, the eight-team octagon for some people. Um, just rolling that out and making sure we're all good for that. It's uh, really awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so so takeaways and 2020 recap for me. I mean, just echoing what you said about the U.S. men, the youth explosion and the European explosion. It's it's the story of the year um, that so many young guys, young American guys are playing in the Champions League, playing for top clubs in the world and contributing and scoring goals. And so, I mean, we have not ever seen contributions of this scale and it's it's incredible and not only that looking back at the mls we have so many young players breaking through and heading out to europe reggie reggie cannon head out head head out to europe um this year we're gonna have uh, brendan aronson head out so the pipeline is truly starting to build from mls to to some of the biggest clubs and it's 2020 was just a huge year for all that. So um, that's my big takeaway for, for the men's side. Women's side, um, I would say, again, may, perhaps a trend that we're going to see is more U.S. women going overseas. We saw, we talked about earlier how Alex Morgan and Press and Lavelle and Mewis are all now playing in the Women's Super League. Hard to tell how things will develop in the U.S. for a domestic league and whether top American players will choose to stay home or or go to other leagues. But I think this year demonstrated that, that, that it is possible. And, you know, time will tell. I mean, it's, it's like we talked about in another podcast, that the resources in Europe are just so immense that it might end up being that the Europe becomes a destination also for the women. Mm-hmm. Um, but my takeaway for CONCACAF is we're really starting to see some generational shifts in some of our key competition. Um, Costa Rica, for example, I think is the biggest one where they really have to go into a new generation. Their golden generation is, is over. Whereas U.S., we're, we're starting to think that we're getting into a golden generation. And then Mexico, I think, is at the tail end of not – Maybe not the most golden of generations, but certainly a generation where they have so much great chemistry and they still have some top level players who all play with each other very well. Um, 
And so I think, you know, we, we typically think of those three teams at the top in CONCACAF. And so the, the generational thing is a huge theme, I think, um, for, for CONCACAF. So that's my big 2020 recap. Uh, yeah, I agree with you on Mexico, too. And I don't – I think they're always a team that, like, reloads. And they never, like, diminish. I think they're always, like, in that golden generation type of thing. Um, but – Maybe they'll finally win a fifth game at World <laughs> Cup <laughs> or get it past the fifth game, which uh, nah, never. I hope not. But um, but I mean, but but my point is, you see, mm-hmm. like name name a name a young, exciting Mexican player outside of Irving Lozano. That is a great question. There's not a whole lot. Um, the guy that scored Efron Alvarez. Who well, that's, that's yeah. Who might be an American? Yeah, there is the twenty-year-old Mexican international winger who is uh, Diego Yanez. Mm-hmm. He's a guy that that people have some stock in, but you really don't have. I mean, and, and there's there's definitely some guys in Liga MX that'll probably make the jump, but none of them are really grabbing the headlines like the American players are. It'll be interesting to see how Mexico goes from here. I, I still think in 2022 their their current team is 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 solid and is good enough to make it far into a World Cup. But uh, after that, looking ahead to 2026, it'll be really interesting to see where they go. Mm-hmm. So speaking of seeing where we go, what are our big anticipations and predictions for 2021, Jake? Ooh. So like, the things I'm anticipating and looking forward to is the Olympics. I think um, watching the men and women in the Olympics is going to be awesome. Um, seeing that next generation that you talked about going from MLS to Europe. So you have Brendan Aronson, um, Mark McKenzie, and then Brian Reynolds, who took over for Reggie Cannon, is already linked to AC Milan, Juventus, and a few other big clubs. So. Uh, just seeing those players jump over there, and then like the youth with like the homegrown players still coming in, and uh, those younger players that like broke out into uh, their teams to continue to develop and become leaders on them. Yeah, yeah, I am also looking forward to both the men's and women's Olympic teams and how they fare. Our our men's Olympics team has not made the Olympics in a while, so it'll be nice to if and when we do that. I think we are going to do that. Um, but something I'm really the, the thing I'm most looking forward to is finally being able to bring our best talent from Europe and our best talent from the U.S. and integrating them and allowing them to all be on the field at the same time. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about that at length of what that might be, but it's going to take a couple games uh, to to catch up that the level of to level of chemistry that Mexico has. So we'll be able to, to have a lot of that, thankfully, in 2021, um, at, at least the latter half of 2021, now that things are getting pushed back. But mm. that's what I'm most looking forward to. I'm also looking forward to see how our women, how their club situations evolve um, and how they, because, you know, there's no end to the to the American women talent, but where they play has always been kind of a pain point to them. So. That's kind of what I'm, I'm looking forward to. So for, with the men, I feel like we're in a good club situations, but we need to strengthen our national team. Whereas the women, I think it's the opposite. We have a great national team set up, but they need to figure out the club situation. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, what uh, bold predictions do you have for 2021, Matt? Bold predictions. Um, that's a good question. My bold prediction for 2021 is that two Americans will play in a major trophy final. And by major trophy, I mean either a Champions League final or a domestic cup final. In Europe. In Europe. Cool. So like like a Copa del Rey or FA Cup or Italian Cup or or again or a Europa League final or a Champions League final. Nice. I I, I think that two Americans will get there and play. That's one. That's one prediction. I'm also predicting that we'll win the Gold Cup this year. Because wow. because Mexico will be going with a B team, and I think our B team will be better than their B team. Um, those are my two big predictions. Nice. Well, I got a I got the third. Do you? Uh, that I wanted to throw in after I added it to these ones. So the first one is this time next year in December, the United States national team, men's national team, will be undefeated in their qualifying. Wow. So they will not lose a game this time. So those first two or three windows, they will not lose. Okay. Um, the men's and women's Olympic teams will make the semifinal. So both teams will make it to the semifinal. Wow. Yes. And then, okay. Uh, my third one will be Mexico will win the Gold Cup and the Nations League. Really? Yes. Okay. Okay, I think I'd agree with you on the Nations League, mm-hmm. but I'm going to differ with you on that Gold Cup. I think we've got it. Yeah. I think I think each of us will take both of those uh, competitions. Okay, cool. Well, we're here. You got a clever thing to think Getting about ready for the next year. 2020 has been a wild, wild ride. The best yes. thing to come out of 2020 might be this podcast. <laughs> and on that note, we'll say deuces. Happy 2021, everybody. Deuces. Like the great